You are now tuned in to Believe. Do you believe? Thank you for tapping into some Untapped Keg, our podcast about mental health, sobriety, and life in general. I am one of your hosts, RJ Zimmerman, here with my good friend, Monte Ball. How are you doing, big guy? Oh, man. Come on. I'm feeling... Come on. Feeling happy great today. birthday. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank happy, you. Happy 30th birthday. I no, I wish. a little bit older than 30, but... Yeah. <laughs> The good old 31, but but all is well, man. I'm I'm excited. I'm jacked for today for, for many reasons. Obviously the birthday, but most importantly, because we got a really awesome and special guest today. But before we get to that young, young, young gentleman, um, RJ, man, how you doing? Um, you know, I'm I'm doing uh I'm excited. So I got some new pots and pans in. Yes, I'm old. I got to cook with them last night. It was fantastic. Like I did not realize. The difference between a decent quality set of pots and some pans and, uh, you know, just like some mid-level stuff. So I got them cheap on some Cyber Monday. And yes, I'm talking about that and I'm excited about it because I'm old. <laughs> nice. So. Now you got to do what you got to do, man. You got to do what you got to <laughs> but, do. But without further well. ado, we are happy. We, you know, this is episode 90. So I'm glad that we have this guest on for episode 90. It feels like, you know, 90 is kind of a milestone, but... Uh, We're excited to be joined by Beyond Belief Sobriety host, John Sheldon. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on here. It's nice to see you guys again. Yeah, yeah. We, we, yeah, we hopped on uh, your podcast, your lovely podcast, by the way. Amazing what you're doing. But uh, thanks. Because we enjoyed it so much, we're like, okay, we got to most definitely get you over here. Get you over done Ted Cake, so we're we're excited to have you, man. We really are. I'm feeling a little bit old, you know. I was I was t- I was telling you about uh, how much I, the how well the Chiefs did back in the 1990s, <laughs> and now I'm realizing you probably weren't even alive. Uh, I was, yeah, I was uh, born in 19 <laughs> born in 1990, so I did. There you go. I wouldn't say I was like religiously watching football, right? I wasn't <laughs> no. all the time, but my father was uh, still is a Broncos fan, right? Uh-huh. So growing up. I'm pretty sure the Broncos run that they had when they beat the Falcons <laughs> yeah. and the Packers, um, you know, the Super Bowls that, that that was all over the television in our house. Um, okay. it, it, it was a fun fun decade for the Broncos. It was, right. but Mr. Sheldon, man, I, I John Sheldon, we again, you know, we here at Untap K, we talk about a lot of stuff. We we, mm. we we cover many many different many different topics from mental about mental health, uh, addiction, recovery um etc and even obviously with our personal lives as well that being myself and rj and obviously for our listeners um we want to know who you are know who you are know about your podcast so you know before we get into any you know dive deep into any like you know questions about mm-hmm. um you know maybe what you you know struggled with and all that stuff let's just hear a little bit about you you know who, okay. who is john sheldon 
All right. I'm going to make, make, make it a kind of a, uh, an, a, an abbreviated version of the story because I've been sober yeah. for 33 years and it can get a little bit ridiculous. Um, I once had a, Congratulations. <laughs> I, once had, I once had a guest that, that got that, that started his story like back in the 1950s, believe it or not. But anyway, um, <laughs> I'll just tell you that I grew up as an army rat, lived all over the world. And, um, I had a, I started drinking, uh, you know, very young, uh, just as a way to cope with whatever was going on in, in my, my household. Uh, by the time I was 19, I pretty much, uh, was having a serious problem. That was the first time I, be, I started questioning whether or not I had a problem with alcohol. And I was actually considering going to AA at that time. So I was 19 years old. Things were getting pretty bad. Uh, I thought I was too young. Uh, so I drank for another, uh, five years, I guess. Um, or I don't know how long, a long time <laughs> by time. I, anyway, I, I had my last drink when I was 25. Um, and from, from really from the ages of 21 to 25, uh, that was the worst of my drinking. And what happened is although my drinking was already problematic when I was 21 years old, my mother committed suicide and and I was right there. I was right there witnessing that. And, um, it was really my first experience with death. Uh, my first real funeral or anything was my mother's suicide. And there was a lot of um, denial about her death. So in other words, I knew she committed suicide, but that's not what we would say. And we wouldn't talk about it. And um, anyway, someone offered me a shot of whiskey. And I'm not saying that this is what caused me to be an alcoholic, but um, that shot of whiskey I had shortly after her death was the best shot of whiskey I ever had in my life. And so for the next five years, I guess I was just drinking very seriously where I started having problems with the law, had got three DUIs like in a three year period, ended up losing my job and everything I had by the time I was 25. Showed up in AA, um, did that for um, 25 years. I went to a, a men's group and uh, it was a traditional type of a group where we read the big book and wow. went through the steps and all that stuff. Um, but I, I never, I wasn't a religious person, didn't get, grow up going to church or anything. Um, and I, I, I just kind of fell in line with whatever the religious nature of AA was. You know, I tried to interpret things in a way that would work for me. But after about 25 years of sobriety, I went through this, I got, I reached this conclusion that I was an atheist and I, I, um, came out to my home group as an atheist and found that I wasn't accepted. So I had already known about, um, these secular AA meetings. So I started one in my city and I got very involved with this, the community of, of atheists and agnostics in AA. And I went to a conference in 2014 where I, I met people from all over the world that were like me, had the same belief system as I, but were in AA. And one of the people there had a website called AA Agnostica. And that website was geared towards the non-believer in AA and what they would do. They'd publish stories and everything. And after about, um, I guess it was in 2015. It was, he, he wanted to retire his website. He asked me if I'd create something to replace it. So I did, I created what was then AA beyond belief. And I thought I'd like to have a podcast to go with it. So I had a podcast, AA beyond belief. And 
what so what we did with this website, people would do like they did with AA Agnostica. They would send in stories, and uh, we would publish those. And then I would also post the podcast. And so, and I had this ready-made community that came over from AA Agnostica. And so it was just, it was, I did that for like, you know, five years. Um, I don't know how long my time thing is, is kind of off today, but anyway, I, I, I did that for a long time and then I shifted, I shut down the AA beyond belief stories section and I shifted my web, my podcast away from AA beyond belief and re- rebranded it to beyond belief sobriety. And the reason I did that is I didn't want to give people the impression that I was speaking for AA and having AA in the name of the podcast always kind of bothered me. It was never intended to come out like it was an official AA podcast or anything, but I really needed to, get, to kind of get away from that. So Beyond Belief Sobriety worked really well, and I, I still do the same content. So basically what we do with that pod- podcast is all interview. And not just AA people, but people people who are interested in a secular path to sobriety um, from addictions of all kinds. So that could be alcohol, drugs, sex, whatever. And uh, so I'll interview people uh, who will share their personal stories, and also you know maybe experts in the field of alcoholism and addiction, um, authors, that kind of thing. And then I also had the YouTube channel. And that's one, that's another reason I really need to get away from the AA thing. The, the concept of anonymity was, was getting to be a hassle for me. Uh, and especially when I like to do YouTube. So I really needed to, to get away from all of that. And so that's kind of where I got, that's kind of where you got to where I am today, I suppose. Mm. That's, that's really awesome. So why did you want to do a podcast right away? Like what, did you listen to podcasts before? Yeah, did you I did. Just, you did? Okay. I did. Yeah. Um, during this period of time when I was coming to terms with my belief system and recognizing that I was an atheist, I was listening to a lot of um, atheist podcasts. And then I was a guest on someone's podcast as as just a person in recovery and just lo- fell in love with the, the medium. And mm-hmm. I just thought it was a great way of reaching people um, beyond just the written written material. So that's why I wanted to do it. I knew nothing about it, but, um, and I just started out, you know, with a, a microphone and, <laughs> and a computer. And yeah. I went at it. <laughs> well, it hasn't changed too much. Cause that's what we started out with. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I feel so naked right now with, without my mic <laughs> and, and, and headset that's yeah. hopefully in the mail. Hopefully in the mail right no, now. It, it is. It is in the mail. It All should right. be there tomorrow. Perfect. All right, perfect. Left left it in Virginia, but uh, John, um, that 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 was a lot. That was a lot right there. Uh, we really appreciate you sharing that. It's not again as as you are familiar with. It's never easy, um, you know, just sharing very personal things about yourself to 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 random people, people you don't yeah. know, and um, we got a lot in common. We really do. All three of us. Our, our choice was alcohol. Um, all three of us use that as a vice. And I, I guess my question for you, Mr. Sheldon, is we kind of just kind of dive right into this is, you know, you've been sober. You, you stated for, for 30, 33 years, correct? Mm-hmm. What was that? Can we dive a little more into that, that turning point for you, that, that moment where you, you felt like, okay, I, I can't keep going down this, this path. Um, you know, what was that 180 degree switch? Yeah. And I'm at another turning point too. The thing about recovery, uh, I've, I've come to understand it as a process of change. So it's never going to be the same. 
you're gonna you're gonna grow and you're gonna move in different directions that's just natural and it can be scary um like i'm going through that right now um but but i'm i'm okay with it but but basically the turning point for me um as far as shifting gears from are you talking about like from from my starting my new group and going on yeah is that what yes. you're talking about yeah uh, yes, sir, yep. so i I, um, as I said, I grew up as an army brat, so I know how to fit in to a, a, an, an environment that I'm not from. Okay. I know how to adapt to the norms around me. And that's what I did in AA. Um, it's just like living in a foreign country. I learned to speak their language and I learned to say things in a way when I was sharing in meetings that would get the heads to bob up and down with approval that I was saying all the right stuff. And that was okay because I just, I just did it. Just, just naturally did it. That's what I do. Um, I had a lot of great friends. I was sober. I was happy, but there would came a time in my life where, and it just like, it was a gradual evolution where I had to be more authentic about what I really believe. And I needed to have the freedom to express that. And that's why it was important for me to go to meetings it's like, you know, they have meetings for gay people. They have meetings for, you know, different types of people and stuff, young people. Um, I needed to be around some people who could approach recovery without necessarily having to rely on some supernatural deity or something and to have the freedom to talk about that. And so that, that, that and it was a huge turning point for me. And what it did, it was scary. Let me tell you, it was scary to make that change uh, because I was leaving this group that I knew for 25 years, you know, and, and that's most of my life at the time. And so it was, it was frightening, but what happened is it moved my recovery and just, I just, it just blossomed, you know, I, the podcast, I started meeting people from all different walks of life with different experiences. And I grew more and I was actually more involved in AA at the time too. I got really excited about AA and the possibility of, you know, educating people that, you know, we need, we need to be more inclusive. We need to, uh, with belief systems and not push this dogmatic um, idea on people that, that, that we came up with in 1939, not putting it down at all. It works. It's great. And it even works for people that don't believe. I mean, you can, you can interpret these things in ways that, that work for you. So I have no problem with it, but I really wanted, I really needed to put it across. I wanted to put across to people, other people in AA that, you know, they're, not everyone believes the same way as you do. Mm-hmm. And we, need, we need to adapt our language to reach a variety of different people, especially, mm-hmm. you know, I, honestly, younger people today, um, they, 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 I, I just think that they're a little bit more secular than um, the, yep. the people from the old days. Absolutely. RJ, I'll, I'll, I'll let you, RJ, you got to, I'm come very, on, you got to come with this, RJ. I'm very uh, much in your same boat, <clears throat> John. I don't honestly. Um, I, when I hear religion, I get a little bit prickly because of the obviously the hypocriticism that comes with it, right? And I mean, we all know who we're talking about, and so I I understand that completely. Like I've never stepped foot into. Uh, well, that's not true. I went to one AA meeting before I got sober, and it was because my uh, girlfriend at the time, now my wife, she had to go there for a 
college class. She had to go to an AA meeting. And obviously, they were very accepting and everything, but um, I just knew when I got sober, that wasn't going to be for me. And a lot of it had to do with the religion that was mm-hmm. involved in it. And I'm just, that's that's not me at all. And I try not to, uh, you know, peen anyone's cornflakes, or mm-hmm. I try to let people do what works for them. But like for for me, like that that would put such... That's just it's an it's a no go for me. So I went by myself when I first got sober. Didn't didn't do any steps or anything. And honestly, like you know, I've been very vocal about this since we started the podcast. Was really when I went from not drinking into recovery, and like the difference that's there. That um, you know, actually being able to mentally heal from the damage that I did to to myself. Um, and that's what it is, is I did it to myself. I, I numbed all those feelings for so long. I, you know, kind of the same thing changed who I was to, for what I thought people wanted to be more accepted. And in that I lost myself, but you know, I'm starting to find myself again and it's not, not an easy process. And like you said, it's a little bit scary because Mm -hmm. You know, I'm I'm 35 years old, and earlier this year, I'm going through, like, you know, who am I? Am I just this person that's a reflection of everybody around me? Am, you know, what what's my own personality? Like, do I depend on somebody else to make me whole? Is that is that real? Is that... And so just trying to find kind of who I am again, what makes me me, being able to put words to it, too, which I'm not always good at, even though... Um, you know, we, we talk a lot, but that doesn't necessarily mean we're good with words. (laughs) (laughs) True thing. Yeah. So (laughs) (laughs) it's, it's, it's amazing that after 25 years and you feeling so at home, you would make this change and have that broad outlook to everybody else that, that you would do. Like I've listened. uh, So for those who, don't know. I don't know if we mentioned it. We came onto your show and we mm-hmm. it was, we had a fantastic time. So we wanted to have you come onto ours because we just hit it off. Um, you know, your the way that your show kind of explores uh, recovery, and you you know you you give your kudos to AA, which we do too, because it does work. Like obviously, yeah. the principles work. Like the principles are very psychological. And the connections based, that you make right? with other people. Yes, right. absolutely. Um, but the way that you can kind of approach and open things up, it just, uh, you do reach so many more people. So how much pushback did you meet at first when you decided to do this? Mm. Oh, well, what's interesting is I, when I left my home group, um, I, before I left my home group, I was beginning to get some pushback when I would share in meetings about how I was, how I understood things. So, um, and that's when I would get pushback. People would kind of share at me, kind of correct me, you know, let me know that I'm off track basically. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just really weird. We're in, in our city where I live, most of the groups close their meetings with the Lord's prayer and I would just stand there politely, not reciting it. And I remember one time this guy, after he, I came out as an atheist, 
and he would see me just standing there during the prayer. And I could just feel this energy of somebody just staring me down. And sure as hell, this guy just was giving me the meanest look, like, you know, like I was something awful, you know, it was like, it was harassment. That's what it was non-verbally. Mm-hmm. So I was getting that kind of reaction. So when I, when I left it, and started another group, the new group grew pretty quickly and I was surprised and I started having meeting new friends and everything. So the transition was okay. The transition was a lot easier than I thought. I was excited about all the new people I was meeting and my new friends. But one thing I found weird and that I wasn't expecting is all those guys I knew for 25 years, I never heard from again. Mm. Wow. Never heard from again. Wow. And I think that what happens, though, is in in an AA meeting, there's a lot of people that come and go. Mm -hmm. People die. People relapse. People just decide not to go to meetings or whatever. And you don't really go out of your way to chase people down, you know? And also you kind of build up this false sense of intimacy with these people because you're sitting there in these meetings and you're sharing with yourself. You might be seeing them outside. They might be friends, but the, I think that the connection that I felt for them, the feeling for that was more than in reality, what it was. You know mm. what I'm saying? Yep. So I, I don't fault these people for not staying in touch with me. I think looking back over the years, I've known people that I've seen at meetings, they stop going to meetings and I don't see them anymore or talk to them. So that's just the way it is in AA, which is fine. So yeah, uh, it wasn't, that was kind of weird, but I came to understand that that was just what was going on. Sure. That's uh, you, you guys are, Ooh, you guys are covering some very important topics right here. So we, we I'm in the minority here. Um, well, when it comes when it comes to uh, religion, I wouldn't say that I'm I'm extremely religious. I think, and I think that word re- religion too is is such a such like a buzzword. I mean, uh, I am a Packer loosely. fan, so you could say I am religious. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, the word is loosely used. Um, I do believe in a higher power, but I will share real quick very similar uh feelings with aa um and again i i think it works i I know it works um obviously the statistics show that it's been working for the last 100 plus years 110 years or however long it's been going on um but for me mr sheldon kind of similar stuff i i although i am a religious person in a sense i didn't feel comfortable with that. And I, I, and I never really, I I guess, asked myself why, um, that part really turned me away from AA, the, the praying, the, the holding hands, the reading, the, a few scriptures, uh, I guess it just was something that I wasn't expecting. And I, and I just didn't think that it was what was going to be beneficial for me in that aspect. Right. Um, if that makes sense. It does. There's a lot of people who have, and you can call me John, by the way, there's a lot of people um, who are religious and, and have, have a faith that's important to them, go to church, but they don't necessarily need that as part of their recovery. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um, but you know, I'm kind of going through this now. What's, what's interesting now is, so I've been involved in the secular AA community for since 2014. 
And I mean, I've been heavily involved. I would build websites for them. I would be on committees. I would help put on conferences. I would do all this stuff. And since COVID, I have just found myself kind of getting burned out on all of that. And now I'm at a place where I have pretty much, I've left every single secular AA Facebook group I was in, even the one I started. Um, And I'm just, I'm not going to AA meetings. Um, And I'm just kind of going through this transition where I'm trying to understand what my recovery is today. And I'm getting there now. But there was a certain amount of mourning going on because I love these people that I have known since 2014 who put me on a new trajectory, but I'm now moving into a different direction. One thing I was really getting tired of was people talking about AA is bad, secular AA is good, religion is bad, mm. atheist is good. Right. I, that, that whole fight. I just think that people need to find their own path, whatever that is. And there is no good or bad or right or wrong. It's Your recovery is dependent upon what you want to achieve. So anyway, I just needed to get away from all of that. So now where I'm, where I'm at now is the podcast has been like the center of my recovery. And I'm now um, getting more involved with like smart recovery a little bit now. Um, so a few years ago, I got, um, I went through the training to become a facilitator in smart, but I never really did anything with it. Attended a few meetings here and there, but, um, a couple of years ago, not a couple of years ago, but my time frame is really messed up. Not too long ago. I did a, I did a, a podcast with somebody from smart who lives in St. Louis and he's been in smart for a long, long time. And he came back to me here recently at, at, at this time in my life when I'm looking for some sort of a different direction. And so we're going to start doing these weekly smart episodes on my podcast and put on our YouTube channel. And that just gives me an opportunity now to learn more about that, to become more involved in the smart community and just to have another aspect of my recovery, you know? Um, So I'm kind of excited about that. And that seems to be the direction that I'm moving now. Um, But that's not to say I'm going to completely abandon my friends that I've known in the past. Mm-hmm. I still want to kind of go back to that. And I think that what how I see things going on for me is I've got a variety of experience. I could sit there and I can talk about the 12 steps from a secular perspective. I can talk about the 12 steps from a traditional believing in God perspective. I can talk about smart recovery. I can talk about all kinds of different avenues for recovery. Just And that's what I plan on doing. And I'm actually happy now, but I went through this period of time where I felt like I've been conditioned to think that because I don't go to AA anymore, I must be in some sort of a crisis, you know, Mm. and I'm not in a crisis. (laughs) Right. So anyway, yeah, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. I'm, I'm evolving. I'm changing. I'm adapting. I'm moving on. And it's It's, okay. It's, uh, it's, it's, I'm an infant, right? Uh, some people will say, uh, in the recovery journey, but, um, it's, it's really refreshing. It's really awesome to see that, you know, you can be 30 plus years in your recovery and you're still evolving. You're still searching for new things. You're still trying to figure, um, you know, some new things out that you may, may like. And I think that, that, that's, that's, that's really what our people need to hear our listeners, myself, that, uh, this is a journey that it's everlasting. 
And you just yeah. got to continuously, you know, go with it. Just being a human being too. It's like, you know, if I, if I, what the, the being in recovery gives me, I guess the motivation, the community mm-hmm. and the means to, for personal growth. But I think for any human being, it's important to, to grow just as, as a person, to learn, to, to absorb new information and new ideas, uh, to be willing to change, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's just important. So otherwise, you know, life can get dull, you know, I think oh, yeah. so. Yeah. But yeah, the being in recovery and all this language is funny. I was talking to this guy in smart recovery. He doesn't even like being in recovery. Right. It's like, you've recovered. You don't drink anymore. Okay. Whatever. But, um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going through just being a person that's changing and learning and enjoying that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. You know, yeah. I really love what you said there because one thing that I've been very vocal about and Mons has been very vocal about is gatekeepers. And especially when it comes to the sobriety and recovery community and how any gate that we put up is the, to the detriment of everybody. It's not mm. to the detriment of, it's also a detriment to ourselves, but also like everybody else, we're just, we are making it harder for no reason. Like this is hard enough. Like you said, it is. being a human yeah. being is hard <laughs> enough. And then you throw this <laughs> substance on top of it that we are sober from and trying to recover yeah. from, which I mean, you know, when we talk about recovery, this is the way that I look at it is we're not just abstaining from the substance, but we're working on our own mental health. So like, that's kind of, we started as a sobriety podcast, mm-hmm. ended up talking a lot about life because it's like, okay, how do we talk about just being sober every single episode? And now we talk about mental health because yeah. It That's is what it's about. all encompassing, and it really is. If you don't touch on mental health, are you really talking about sobriety? Like it? No, not really. And just the amount of gates that we see up there—that um, it's just for no reason. And I think that that's what I love about what you're doing is. You are opening up all of these gates no matter what. Like no matter how you want to recover or get sober or whatever words you want to use, great. Do it. Be yeah. well, a thank better, you. like you said, be a better human. That's and I learned this it. from other people. You know, I was I was one of those people that was living in my own silo for a long time. And now I'm recognizing that, you know, we need to break those silos down. Um, anyway, yeah, so I'm all for that, but, and, and I love this, having the podcast to have the way of talking about that. Yeah. Um, it, I'm sure it helps other people, but I know it helps me, you know? Mm -hmm. So this very much has been kind of my therapy. Like it, it's helped (laughs) me talk through things that I've been struggling (laughs) with eternal, eternally. Yes. Eternally as well, but internally. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's just I never called myself an alcoholic before the podcast, and now I say it all the time because I have removed the power of it right. from myself. I mean, that's kind of true. It was like a chain around me, and since then I've been able to you know talk more. But I'm still still struggle with that. Don't get me wrong; I definitely struggle with communication, with talking, mm-hmm. putting myself in uncomfortable situations. But it has to happen as part of do you get do you feel a little bit of nervous energy before you get on a a, an episode 
Sometimes, sometimes, mm-hmm. um, especially, uh, we, I, we had a guest on Brittany Shelton that I followed on Twitter for a really long time. And like, I was almost, uh, I, she's just a normal person, but the way that she I, says things on Twitter, like it's just, uh, it yeah. blows my mind. And like, I connected with so much. I was kind of like in a fan space before that. Like I was <laughs> yeah. very nervous going on and she's like, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a normal you know, mom, I'm yeah. going through this stuff, but it's like just the way like she shaped things and where with where I was in my life, the way that she worded it. Like I was very much a fan, but yes, I definitely, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was nervous for today too. Like, mm. oh. uh, <laughs> even though I know that we've already talked, we've already, yeah. we, we have, you know, a very similar, uh, we have we're very you're very easy to converse with and you well, fit you. and you mesh with us so well that I still yeah I get nervous. <laughs> I do hey, too. I do too. <laughs> John, I got, I got a, I got a question for you. Um, mm-hmm. uh, still really thinking about what you what you shared about how important the podcast has been to to yourself and obviously your recovery. And um, I really wanted to kind of dive more into the community aspect of it. How important that component is of this recovery wheel right that essentially what we're discussing and i and i and i really want for i I want your input on that like how important obviously we can we can tell i'm on your website right now i can see how important that has been for you Mm -hmm. um community is extremely important for me but I, i want for you to kind of share a little bit more about that like like why is that so important for you that that connection with folks who are in recovery, um, who are on the same journey as you. It's extremely important. Um, you know, I think that's really what worked works about AA is that community. Um, drinking for me was a really lonely business. I, I drank in bars, but I was by myself and I was also a blackout drinker. So mm-hmm. it was just, it was just me and my problems, you know? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. when I, got to AA and I was surrounded by other people, people that were like me and people I could relate to and have conversations with and deep conversations about important things. It meant everything to me. It just changed my life. You know, Um, there's something about that connection with other people. You know, I I guess maybe someone told me that we're herd animals, but we're not like cows or anything, but we're, we do need, we, we, as human beings, we do need um, other beings around us, you know? And, uh, um, so I think, I think it's kind of natural, but you know, with the podcast, um, I had this community, it's kind of weird because the community came from the secular AA community and I, and I started this, this, um, Facebook group that was for the podcast, but it became something else. There's like 3000 some people in it, but and a lot of, most of those people don't even know about the podcast. So <laughs> I kind of left that and, and now I'm going to start, I'm going to try to start another group somewhere so that we can have a community around the podcast itself. Uh, Cause the, the old, the other community I was involved with was strictly an AA community. Nothing wrong with that. And I think I'm going to go back there someday just mm-hmm. to stay connected and involved and, and, and aware of what's going on, but I don't, it's not my identity anymore. It's, it's not. So yeah, but that's kind of a, I don't know what I'm, if I've answered your question, but the community aspect is extremely important, you know, and podcast is such an intimate form of communication. Uh, there are so many people out there who listen, who I don't hear from, who I know 
feel that, you know, they're listening to me in their car or whatever, usually on the, they're by themselves. And it's a personal conversation between me and them, that individual person. And every once in a while, I hear from one of them, you know, someone, a listener will send me an email or something and let me know how much that episode meant to them. And it blows me away. It absolutely blows me away. Um, but there's that connection, you know, and I, I want to kind of work more on that um, with my podcast of building a community uh, because that it's fun, first of all, but it's also good for people and good for me. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to try to find more ways of doing that. It's kind of cool on YouTube is a kind of nice little community here on YouTube. And there's a lot uh-huh. you can do here. Yeah, you know, absolutely is. Um, <clears throat> thank you for tapping into untapped keg. Uh, sobriety and mental health podcast featuring Monte Ball and RJ Zimmerman. Now it's time for some ads. Why don't traditional diets work? Because you can't fight your biology with willpower. But Calibrate is different. It's a comprehensive, doctor-guided metabolic reset that promotes sustainable results through lifestyle changes. Calibrate works because they combine prescribed, FDA-approved medication with lifestyle changes to improve, improve your metabolic health. It's a fully integrated program that includes classes, one-on-one video coaching, in-app tracking, and a community with members like you. They provide a comprehensive wellness plan personalized to your needs, so it's easy to fit Calibrate into your busy schedule. Check in with the app as often or as little as you'd like. All of the goals you set are personalized and tracked by doctors and coaches. Your weight doesn't reflect your willpower. Get back in control with Calibrate. Get $50 off one-year metabolic reset when you use promo code BELIEVE at joincalibrate.com. That's $50 off when you use code BLEAV at joincalibrate.com. Thank you, and back to the show. So one thing that you mentioned was, uh, and I I just want to touch on it real quick because I don't really know that much about it, um, but... And so maybe other people don't, but what is smart recovery? Um, yeah, I, I heard you mention that earlier and I was just it, curious it about it. It stands for um, self-management and recovery training. And it's, it's a science-based program to help people with problem behaviors, addictions. So it could be, you know, you could be addicted to alcohol, drugs, sex, gambling, shopping, whatever. And the tools of smart recovery can help you with that. It's based on cognitive behavioral therapy, most of it. Okay. Um, there's like um, four basic points, and I'm not going to remember them all, but like you need, you need to have like the motivation to change is one of those. Um, dealing with um, urges is another one of those. Um, living a balanced life, you know, um, those are the, so you have these, these, these four basic criteria of the things that you're looking for in your life and you have various tools that help you with, with those four points. And they're all based upon cognitive behavioral therapy, but they have meetings that are set up and there's a person who's actually trained to facilitate the meeting. Um, I went through that training and got mm-hmm. certified as a facilitator, but I never really did anything with it and only have attended very few smart meetings online. So I'm kind of looking forward to getting more involved and learning more about it. But that's basically what it is. It is a community of people who gather together 
um, for the purpose of, you know, making a difference, a change in their life, changing the behavior, changing a pattern. And, um, it, it's, it seems to work pretty well. I mean, they've been doing it since the 1990s and they will change what they do based upon new information and science, what science unfolds. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of like just getting my feet wet in it right now. And, uh, maybe uh, six months from now, I'll be able to tell you more about it, but, uh, that's, it's, that's it in a nutshell. And you can go to their website, smart recovery website, and they have an online, um, community there where you can either participate in a forum or participate in online meetings. Uh, there's more and more smart meetings and communities. Now, a lot of them aren't meeting in person because of COVID, but they, some of them might be. Um, so if you can just go to the smart recovery website, you'll find, um, more information about, about all that. That's really so. cool. Thanks for yeah. I appreciate you sharing that because it's another avenue for yeah. people to look into. I mean, obviously, you know, we've talked about there's AAs in every city. I mean, it doesn't matter how big or small. There's AA meetings, and that's one thing that's wonderful about it is just how widespread it is. So those resources mm-hmm. are there, but there's other avenues too if that just isn't isn't your cup of tea. So right, uh, just being in a book club. You know, I did a podcast with uh, the Soberish Book Club. They have a they have a Facebook group, I'm, and that's one group I stayed in. And what they do is um, they have a book related to recovery or mental health. Read it, and they get together and discuss it. And there's another there's another meeting that does that too, and that's mm-hmm. like the cornerstone of their recovery, and it makes total sense. And the person who started it, she told me, she says it's not just reading the book that's keep that's keeping me sober or helping me. It's the other people that I get with to talk about the book again, it's that sense of community that we were talking about Monty, you know, and that, that, that she's mm-hmm. built with these people. So mm-hmm. all kinds of things like that, you know, that are available for, for anyone who, who wants to make a change, you know? So. A lot, a lot of information here. I, I, I was over here on the website of smart recovery, checking, <laughs> checking it out. Just, just sitting here learning and listening. Um, One thing I like about it too, I'm coming from the atheist community is smart is smart. Doesn't have to go out of its way to be secular. It's not like breaking away from something that wasn't secular. Mm -hmm. It just is just like anything else is in life, you know? So it's like, you know, you can go to smart. It doesn't matter what you, nobody even talks about what you believe. It's not even relevant. Any kind of personal belief system that a person has as far as higher power, God, whatever, it just doesn't even come into the equation. And so I like that because now I'm involved in with people who, where that debate doesn't exist. Mm. I hate the debate, the, the, you know, the debate between mm-hmm. atheist, yes. non-atheist believer. I hate that. And so that, I way. needed to, I needed to get away from it. And that's what I like. That's one thing that I'm getting from smart personally is that I'm with people who it, we don't even have to talk about what anyone believes, you know? Yeah, that's, that is awesome. That just, like you said, uh, it's a facet, but it it doesn't have to be everything unless you make it everything. That's what's nice about, you know, other, other ways of going into it. And, you know, everybody's, you know what, if you're sober, congratulations, because it's freaking hard. (laughs) And that's, that's, if you don't take anything away from this episode, besides that, like, Take that away because that's what we're saying. And um, so, John, you told you told me before the 
show started that you are starting to uh, go to the gym again and do more oh, yeah. physical <laughs> activity. How does that help with your, uh, you know, sobriety recovery? Oh, mental God. Health? Oh, yeah. It's so important. Oh, it's yeah. so it important, <laughs> you know, and I can't believe that I just kind of forgot how much it helped me. But just going back, I mean, for first of all, like, um, it's nice that I can work from home now because I can get to the gym in like five minutes or whatever. And um, so I all I can f- be feeling all this stress and then just run it out on, in the gym. And I leave. The stress is gone. Yeah. I leave, I'm feeling better and happier. I'm getting healthier. You know, and just a short period of time, really, I'm only on like week three going back to the gym and I just feel wonderful. You know, I'm running again and I'm happier and I'm, I'm, I think I'm looking better even already. It just feels much, much, much better. So it's very important. Um, and I have forgotten that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm bad about, you know, developing a good habit and not keeping it going, you know, and, and then forgetting about the benefits I was getting from it. Mm-hmm. The same thing is true for meditation, by the way. There was a period of time I used to meditate a lot and got a lot of good benefit from that. It would help me with letting things go and help me it helped me relax more in life. You know, if I if if anything was bothering me, I learned to just let these thoughts go. I knew that my brain was just producing them and meditating helped me remember that. But it was a practice like exercising. When I'm doing it, it feels good. But when I stop, little by little, you the benefits that you got from it, start going away until finally you get, you get to this point where you're basically a couch potato, you know, and, <laughs> and, and that seems to be normal. Right. That seems to be normal. Right. So, I hope I can stick with it. I hope I can. I'm going to really do my best. We got but way yeah. too much, way, way too much in common. I started working out November 15th to be exact. Um, and I think that just what you stated that, the physical aspect of it, right? Uh, getting up, getting into a routine, going and sweating out the toxins, sweating out bad thoughts, sweating out all of the stuff that is kind of weighing you down. It, it, it for me, what it's really been helping me with is my confidence. Yeah. Um, and, and that confidence, right? You kind of get that spike of confidence early in the morning or wh- whatever time it is that you work out and then you can kind of tackle the rest of your day tackle other assignments um and really hone in on on where you want to go in life and so i think it is extremely important too that mm-hmm. that, that that working out aspect of it because uh, you got to be tough you got to be strong as we know to face and it should be talked about more in in recovery meetings and so forth no one ever really talks about it yes you know very, very true. Very true. Uh, it's, and as we all know, you know, right. Physical activity helps your mental health. Mm-hmm. It improves, it really does improves your mental health. So yeah, that is a huge, huge piece. I'm loving what we're talking about community, um, any sort of physical activity. And, um, and I guess essentially we're talking about as well is, is, is hobbies, right? Yep. That's what I was going to bring up. I like that. Yeah. You go for it. Yeah. Hobbies. So outside of the podcast, John, um, you know, what else, what else is it that you like to do that, that you, you know, that, you know, right. Keeps you on your track, keeps you on your path of recovery. Well, I, since, uh, I was in my thirties, I've, I've, I've ran 
And so I would like enter, go into 5k races, 10k races, things like that. Ooh. And yeah. And I, and I always, I always, I always loved it. And that was Impressive. like a passion, but the problem was I was never very consistent. So I kind of consider that my hobby right now is, is running and getting back into and back and back into that. Um, there's a, there's, it's actually not a 5k, but it's like, uh, it's it's a little over three miles, I think. Uh, there's a run that, that that happens in March that I want to do here, which was the first run that I did back in the 1990s, and I'm looking forward to getting back into that again. But um, yeah, um, that that's one thing, and bike riding is another. But I guess beyond all that stuff, um, my wife and I like theater, so um, uh, in non-COVID times, we would go to plays. We have a we have an amazing arts community in Kansas city. You'd be surprised all the different theater companies that we have and everything. And I just love that stuff. So, um, I hope that after COVID sometime, whenever things get somewhat normalized to start doing that again, but I guess that's basically it. You know, I've had different passions during my life, but, um, outside the podcast right now it's running, getting into running. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Kansas city is, does have a lot of that. So I'm, I'm originally from the St. Louis area. So oh, I'm yeah, familiar, I love St. Louis. Yeah. Familiar with, uh, with that, you know, highway 70 with, with all the great stuff that that's on that highway right there straight into Kansas. I know city. about Oklahoma Joe's. I'm oh yeah. Saying. That's a that is good barbecue. <laughs> so it is good. I have, a, I have a lot of family that actually lives in Kansas city uh-huh. and, uh, I'm a lineman by trade, so I work on high voltage power lines. Well, we went down to Mississippi last year, almost exactly a year ago. Or actually, it's a little bit more now. But then we went across to Oklahoma, and when we came back, uh, we went through Kansas City. And I, we were driving. It was just uh, the, my crew, and we were just going. I think it was four of us. I radioed them. I'm like, hey, you guys want some good barbecue? They go, yeah. I'm like, all right, sounds good. So we got these big bucket trucks like you know like they're basically semi trucks and we have a couple trailers and i just plug in oklahoma joe's and i go and i think i'm going to like the olathe one that has a Mm -hmm. big parking lot Mm -hmm. no i type in the original the gas station downtown (laughs) kansas city (laughs) so we got these big trucks driving around down there looking for parking lots and (laughs) we but anyway it it was worth it it was totally worth it for those that don't know some of the best barbecue you'll have, Oklahoma Joe's, Kansas City. Local, yeah, look it up. this city has the best barbecue, in my opinion, in, in the world. Uh, there's it other does. cities that will argue that they do it better, but I don't think so. Uh, yeah, that, that'll be that, like t- uh, St. Louis, Memphis is always arguing with Austin, Kansas City, Austin, Austin as Texas, well, but I'm yeah. like, Kansas yeah. City, I'll give it, I'll give it, I'll give it to Kansas City. St. So Louis running. is weird. In St. Louis, they they're proud of their pizza that has that really t- that the, <laughs> the, the thin Emo's crust pizza. and the fake cheese. What is with that? <laughs> Emo's pizza is so good. That's what it's so good. My, they always talked it up, and I mean, I I've lived in Wisconsin all my life, so I know cheese. And uh-huh. they're talking about this pizza the entire time. So first time I go down there, they're like, "We have to try this pizza," and so I'm like, "Okay." So then they. Uh, the at the place they told him, oh, he's from Wisconsin, so they gave me a sample of the cheese. It's actually pretty good cheese. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, <laughs> okay, it's this from is here. pretty good. This from is pretty Wisconsin. good uh, pizza. But mm. they have a couple like barbecue restaurants that are that are pr- really really good. I was Oklahoma yeah, okay. Joe's is still that 
Oklahoma <laughs> Joe's is the best barbecue I've ever had. Like the burnt ends are just mm-hmm. those. They're otherworldly. They're real otherworldly. <laughs> but right, that's one thing that I love doing. That uh, is, I'm kind of a foodie, so like I try to find the holes in the wall. Not that Oklahoma Joe's is a hole in the mm-hmm. wall, but it started as a hole in the wall. Yeah. And uh, I just like trying different foods now. That's something that, like my oldest son, if it's not like look doesn't look plain, he's not gonna eat it. If it has, if it's mashed potatoes and there's pepper in it, and he sees a black spot. No, I don't like it. Oh. <laughs> I don't like it. It's got it's got black things on it. No, no, it's yucky. A, a, a place that was that was really a hole in the wall back when I went there that was really famous was Arthur Bryant's. And the original Arthur Bryant's, which was in the twelfth and um, uh, the twelfth and uh, Vine area, and uh, you would walk in there and you would slip and slide on the barbecue sauce on the floor, <laughs> and they would have these French fries that were like made in like animal fat or something. It was just they were the best French fries ever, <laughs> and they would just pick them up and just throw them on your plate. I mean, anyway, that that place. I used to go there um, in the winter time because it was like the food was just so heavy. It was like, you right. know, <laughs> right. So, John, um, I, 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 the running part. Mm-hmm. So we we should keep our ears and eyes open for this upcoming spring. Spring, you're going to be doing a 5K. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm going to do the trolley run. Uh, I think it's going to march when they do it. That That's my goal. Anyway, that was the first one that I did. Um, but I, I'm sure I'll be in shape if I keep it up by then. I'll, I, it shouldn't be any problem. I'm surprised I'm already able to run now, you know, with just, uh, yeah. So, yeah. That's pretty yep. cool stuff. I mean, it's making me want to get in shape because I got this dad bod that's coming in that I has been in for a little while, but even more now, like <laughs> I really need to start doing something. It's, well. uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, we, we've we've talked about a lot here, and I think it's important um, important things, you guys. Um, and I, I love I love learning, and, and John, mm-hmm. for as you know, this hour that we've been talking, I, I just really and again, uh, RJ, I'll let you take it away after this, but I kind of wanted to just get this off my chest. Um, I'm very grateful, man, um, John, just for seeing somebody who's who's thirty plus years in. And, and and still very honest about it. You know what I mean? Still very honest about it. Not saying every day's great. Yeah. Oh, life is just wonderful every minute of the day, every day of the week. Um, I have this all figured out, right? I think it's it's I, I love seeing folks like yourself who are 30 plus years in who are like, look, yeah. I have a great foundation, but I'm still trying to figure some things out, right? Yeah, uh, I've come to the point where I'm not going to pick the bottle up, but I still want to figure some things out. I still want to explore who I am, figure out some things that I may love now, find new passions, um, find new connections. And to me, that's I just want to say thank you. I really do. Oh. From the bottom of my heart, I really, really want to thank you for that, because I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, well, thank you for <laughs> saying that. That's very nice of you. I'm really yeah. looking forward to that. It really so, is, yeah. It's it, thank you for coming on too, because you know you did you didn't have to. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> and, oh, it's fine. We really appreciate you being here, but 
we talked about we talked about a lot <clears throat> today, um, which I love. I loved everything that we got to. But if there was somebody out there just starting, <clears throat> you know, going sober, let's say a few months in, they're looking for community. Um, what's something that you would like to leave with that person? What's yeah. what's a piece of advice that you could give them? I think the most important thing. Um, starting out, yeah, it's very difficult. Um, but if you can find someone who is in your corner, who's a peer, who's been through that, is sit with that person and try to figure out what your goals are for sobriety. And those goals may change over time, you know. And because I think having having goals is important, and then finding a way to achieve those goals is is mm-hmm. helpful to one's recovery because it gives you something to shoot for. But you should also make sure that you get connected with other people is the most important thing. Um, AA is accessible. It's everywhere. Um, but now you can go online and there's so many different avenues you can go to. Smart, Life Ring, um, if you're a woman, Women for Sobriety, um, uh, social media. There's all kinds of social media groups for people in recovery. Um, there's just so many different ways to connect with other people that are in recovery. And just find the community that's right for you. And then when you do, just be honest. And you, I think that you'll find that the honesty will come natural because you'll other people will be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And that is, I think, what helped me so much is having people around me who were I could be honest and real with is the most important thing. So we're mm-hmm. fortunate in this day and age, we have a lot more access to these communities than we've ever had before, you know? Uh, so there's a lot out there for, for people now. It's a good time. It's a good time to get sober and get involved in, in uh, recovery. And people now also are less focused on, you know, w- when I was starting out, I, I was so concerned that I wasn't an alcoholic because I was so damn young, right? Mm-hmm. Now that is, I think, less of a focus. You're just making a good, you're just making a good, healthy choice for your life, you know? Mm. Yes. And you're going to get down to whatever it is that, made drinking or drugging or whatever the behavior was problematic. And that's what, that's what the key is. And so you don't have to worry so much about am I or not, you know? Yeah. That's wonderful advice right there. Um, Wonderful advice right there. And that's, yes, I I agree with that wholeheartedly. So John, if people wanted to follow the beyond belief sobriety podcast, or they wanted to find the podcast, where could they go? The best, the easiest way is beyondbeliefsobriety.com, the website. Uh, just Google Beyond Belief Sobriety and you'll probably run across our YouTube channel and different things. But uh, on YouTube, you can find us, Beyond Belief Sobriety, and on our website is probably the best place to start. And the podcast is available wherever you like to download your podcast, you know, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, Spotify, all of that. So, um, and you can- Beautiful you can, website. Oh, thank you. You can email me at john at beyondbeliefsobriety.com that or contact me through the website if you want to as well. So. I highly recommend people do that. Like the guests you have on like the range, it's it's wonderful. It's uh I really enjoy what you're doing over there. And like Mon said, the website's beautiful, it's very easy to it navigate. Uh, it's, it it's all in one place. Highly recommend people check it out. Uh check yeah. out John and mm-hmm. uh you know, that's just doing a wonderful thing. And uh, we appreciate you being here. 
Awesome. Well, thank you. I love your work too. And it's so great talking to you guys again. Really enjoyed this. (laughs) Mons, where can people find you? You guys can find me uh, on Twitter at MonteBall28, Instagram MonteBall. Obviously, our Untapped Cake pages as well. Shoot us questions, topics, any guests you would like to see. We try to accommodate your requests. Um, RJ, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at it's Trickster, I-T-Z. The I is one in Trickster or Untapped Keg anywhere. Uh, Facebook, Twitter. Twitter, we're the most active, but we're getting there with Facebook. Instagram, we're being more at active and uh tiktok a little bit too so mm. you know look up all those shoot us an email on keg at gmail.com if you have questions if you have any suggestions for guests you'd like us to reach out to talk to to have on if you just need to talk just yeah. you know, our, our dms are open on every single uh social media website uh just reach out and nothing will go past what we talk about in there um it very much is anonymous and we don't do any more research but you know we can offer our peer support and uh we're here for you so is there any anything else you guys would like to add before we end this or i'm good beyond belief sobriety.com absolutely (laughs) and let's try to be better tomorrow than we were today because at least if we don't make it we tried have a good week everybody thank you for being here Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.